each of them. Mel, Lilium, Karn, Nim, Dacre, came to the Winter's Lodge, seeking to take hold of the same thing. The goal. The goal was, as best I can understand it, something akin to an envoy. A scrap left behind by Kadroya and Radella. And everything the three of them were doing was a gamble over the power it contained. Now, revolutions are often dictated by chance and fortune more than all else, by the jubilance of the fates. Us after the fact can talk about our great plans and our ingenuity and all of our foresight that led to our revolution success. But as to do injustice to all of those that came before us who tried similar things and were met with only strife. I often imagined that we were like water. And when I say that, remember that it took me leaving Embrace to realise that water was a thing that could ever be still. Imagine then, water deep and dark, fury bubbling away on the surface. And our revolution were like a wave launched with purpose at the stone that anchored the shore. It were not the first wave, and most of the ones that came before it had crashed down and caused neither dent nor erosion. This time, though, the wave would find the right impetus hit that exact right point and the bricks the city was built on would come tumbling down. The goal the fates had decided would fall into Orkin's hands. That discarded thing, relic lost and living, vessel to a remnant's power. And I'm not sure whether then or later Orkin understood the potential of what he carried. Raised himself on power's sap, how could he really, truly read its dread portent? Maybe he saw it as only ember. In the carcass, the jackal only sees a thing to be consumed. It does not behold the new life promised in the ground beneath. In their own way, the other three were jackals too, and each meant to consume the goal and add it to their strength. Thankfully, Orkin knew enough not to surrender his prize. At least, not yet. Hi and welcome to these Flimsy Rituals, an actual play podcast focused on telling small stories in big worlds. Joining me today is Beck Mihalik. Hi, I'm Beck, and you can find me on Twitter at r underscore Mihalik. Steve Martin. Hello, I'm Steve, and you can find me on Twitter at purple underscore Steve. Elizabeth Simones. Hi, I'm Ziz. You can find me on Twitter at csilkgames. Ryan Evans. Hey, I'm Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at BrainXray. And Thryn Henderson. Hi, I'm Thryn, and you can find me on Twitter at Thayrin. And I'm your host, Adam Dixon. You can find me on Twitter at AdTDixon. And you can find the show on Twitter at FlimsyRituals. Find our website at FlimsyRituals.com. 
And there's links to our fan Discord for both of those as well. Today we're continuing our game of Late in the Dark, and as always, all of the music in this episode is from Satin by Kai Engel. So I think today we are picking up from the tail end of the score with Lilium. You started the score to distract Lilium while all of the people of Winter's Lodge got out of harm's way and kind of fled the cut. I think your plan was vaguely to go in, do some damage, be a distraction, keep it occupied. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, trying to keep it out of harm's way while everyone else gets out and then hopefully leave ourselves without dying. Scarpa. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, and I think last week you managed to achieve two main things. Uh, the first is that Nia managed to ward the outside of the Winter's Lodge and prevent Lilium's segments from breaching although that ended up with sam in a kind of difficult situation as one of those segments is now bearing down on sam i'm sure it'll be fine yeah yeah not worried and then the rest of you were kind of focused on lilium themselves mostly just getting any of its attention because it seemed more focused on getting into the lodge i think ezra and ash you managed to blow up a load of segments from Lilium, and those are kind of now scattered across this room as the explosion echoes through the space. Some of them still standing, a lot of them not, and Lilium for this moment has kind of retreated back into the caves that it came from. Ivar and Topaz, I think, were kind of in the centre of this space, which, as a reminder, is this scattering of different alcoves and miniature gardens and ponds and ornamental buildings. And I think Ivar and Topaz were kind of in the centre, basically providing cover fire each way. And then where we closed last time was Oaken, who managed to kill one of these segments by doing a very big dramatic attack with the, the Sun Spear. By being incredibly cool. By being incredibly cool, yeah, yes. I mean, everyone has to be cool at least once in their life, right? <laughs> I was going to say it's the first time for everything. <laughs> hero. Yeah, but yeah, uh, you you brought down the sun spear, and at the same time, the entire fabric of the Winter's Lodge kind of shaped around the spear, and that also pierced the segment. So I think Lilium is aware that the goal is at least working with you, or near where you are. I don't know how everyone else is interpreting this moment. I don't want to slight us, but. I, f- I feel like the chances of any of us knowing what's going on are pretty slim. <laughs> e- yep. Evergreen statement. Just like, Oaken can do that? <laughs> what, what? Why hasn't he done that before? Is that is that Oaken's internal monologue in third person? <laughs> I can't believe Oaken can do that. <laughs> wow, he's so cool. <laughs> and emotionally stable too. Damn, what a guy. <laughs> I personally think he smells better than the other one. <laughs> I have my own authentic musk. I don't have to use perfumes. It's pheromones. Oh, oh no. I don't like Do not it. Like. So yeah, I think there is a lull for a moment. As these segments stagger and the one that Oaken has just speared sort of collapses into the pond in which you are both standing. And there's almost, it's not quite silence, but com- Compared to the cacophony before. It's peaceful in here. 
there's a space to think. And then that's cut short as this sound, this wailing sound emanates from the caves. Does anyone have any thoughts about what Lilium's scream would be like? Ooh, maybe it's like, because you said the segments can kind of have a fake head. Hmm, yeah. Maybe they can all scream at once. I was thinking like how Lilium and how we have this Escher-like visuals that yeah. just kind of mess with your eyes. Trying to find a similar type of thing for the sound. Like if a choir's purpose were to hate you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it probably even plays in that same way with like the Escher-like images of like recognition almost. There's maybe bits of it you feel you recognize, but only in the distance, right? Like that sounds a bit like a voice I know, but oh no, it's not. But yeah, that sound or that collection of sounds, loud and awful, comes tumbling out of these caves and just fills this entire space. As Lilium erupts once again, not just from this one central cave, but from like the side caves as well. I imagine there's like a few different caves lining the wall that surrounds this kind of garden area of the Winter's Lodge. And there are multiple bodies erupting forward. And I think one of the things that is different as it proliferates through this room is it kind of splits off from itself at right angles and in angles that it shouldn't. It's not like one long line, but it can kind of just unfold and cut off and become fractal of itself. And I think in this first instance where it aims is it barrels straight forward, ignoring Ezra and Ash who crouch at the side of the cave having fallen from Lilium's back, and it heads towards Ivar in his gun nest. What, what do you do, Ivar, as this thing comes screaming towards you? Um, I think Ivar sort of hears the noise from behind him and sort of like one of his eyes flicks around and like sees this thing barreling out of the cave. Um, I think he's just going to try and run. <laughs> <laughs> but like to the side, he's not going to just do the uh, Promethean school of running away, just yeah. sort of off to the side. Yeah, I imagine you're in like this collection of like different alcoves and stuff. So you could probably like dodge around those a little bit right yeah i think that's the sort of thing and then sort of like whistling for uh topaz to either get out of the way or just fly away sort of thing okay i think this is absolutely desperate this is a desperate situation this for something like lilium if it's not a desperate role it's just going to hurt you straight up and i think i'm going to give you a desperate role here because you're running i think if you hadn't run it might have just hurt you straight away all right um prowl uh yeah if that's what you want to roll i think it makes more sense unless hmm do i just want to disappear can you in the cut don't know it's another weird thing to think of because i think lilium is themselves like a spiritual creature all right let's let's stick with running away mm. okay um I'm going to push myself for an extra dice, I think, as well. Okay. Oh, a six. I did it, man. 
Oh. Hell yeah. Very <laughs> nice. good. So yeah, from Ivar's side, what does this chase look like? I think in that like kind of classic action movie kind of way, he's like running away as like parts of walls are exploding as this thing is like crashing through as he's like just running through all these different parts of these gardens and courtyards and stuff. Mm, yeah. May even for, maybe even for a little bit of uh, comedic effect, sort of holding his hat on at the same time. <laughs> sort of like slides around a corner in behind some cover, hoping that it'll just swing past sort of thing. There's probably like a moment where you know that it's chasing you one way. Like its head is here and it's following you that way. And then you, you round a corner to get away from it and it's just split a fractal off its body that just kind of loops around in front of you and you have to like dodge it. Yeah, I'm imagining a lot of like running and sliding and just desperately trying to pretend to be uh, Ash. <laughs> where, where do you end up, do you reckon? I think I'd like to say sort of down towards where Nier is, that kind of direction. Yeah, so you're running back towards the building. Yeah, I think so. Away from where it just came from. So speaking of Nier, you are on the outskirts of... Like the main building of the Winter's Lodge, you've just finished putting up signs and and wards and thread of spirit. And I think most of the segments that were attacking Winter's Lodge, you described them as being slowed and kind of stuttering and unable to breach this wall. However, in doing that, one of them turned its attention on you, which is maybe three times your height with legs that are may- maybe equal to you. Sometimes it appears it's paper thin and just two legs staggering towards you. Other times it appears as if it's a millipede itself. All right angles and weird geometry and shapes. And as it gets close to you, it's faster than you really expect it to be. A face opens up on the front of it and two pairs of mandibles bear down on you. What are you doing? Do you say remain calm? That's a really good question. Um, I don't think so. I don't think they have the wherewithal to control their emotions like that. Mm-hmm. But I suppose they must do something. I mean, is it you've got gear that you could use? Okay. I think this will go terribly. Okay. However, I think what Nia would do is probably just start throwing all of the random stuff they have in their many pockets and bustles. Just a bit too afraid to do pretty much anything else while screaming at the top of their lungs. Okay. Um, I guess this is a question for, for us as players, but like, because this sounds like it's going to be a zero effect attack, but do you think Nia has anything in their pockets that would do anything here? I think they do. Uh, They've constructed this entire garment to be useful, Mm. even if it's not actually constructed practically. I mean, there's useful and then there's planned ahead in advance to fight God. (laughs) You could flashback, right? Yeah. You can flashback, you can just take an item off. Uh, A question. Yep. How does armor work? Um, when you take a consequence, you tick off your armor. So, like, if this thing stabbed you, you could be like, I'm going to use my armor to block that. 
and reduce the effect. Maybe that's it then. You just take the hit and and are less hurt by it because of the dress. Yeah. I just, I don't see Mia effectively fighting in this moment. Yeah. The most they could do is try and float out of the way, but I don't know if that's going to be fast enough. And I think say are quite exhausted from the wards. That was much more effective than say could have hoped, but I imagine that's had an effect. Do you want to give me a a desperate limited role, or desperate like maybe just desperate nothing role, to see how bad this goes? Okay. What would you like to roll here? Um. Currently, I don't think they're using any of these. Finesse or skirmish feels like the thing. Because misdirection feels like a thing here. Like It feels less like you're trying to hurt it and more like, oh, maybe some one of this will stop it and distract it. Yeah. Uh, do you want to push yourself to increase your effect or anything like that? I mean... Okay. What's the devil's market? Um, I think the obvious one is... What's your favorite thing out of all of your items? Do you have anything on you that is like either something that you keep out of like sentiment or you probably don't want to lose? Huh. Is it the escapelet? Possibly. I mean, that's like, I can't, I'm trying to think of, has anyone else been nice to Mia and given some something that mattered? I don't think so. I think the escapelet is the fun thing here. Like, you throw the escapelet is the devil's bargain, and you'll have to cross that out. Ezra just sobbing in the background. <laughs> that's not how you use it. <laughs> <laughs> just throwing it at What? No. All right. So, desperate. And limited now. If you want to take the devil's bargain. Yeah. So that's a five. Nice. So that is, you do it, but there's a consequence. You suffer severe harm, a serious complication occurs, you have reduced effect. Is this just Nia just throwing stuff out of desperation and trying to get any sort of distance? Yeah. Cool. So I hadn't thought this far ahead. Yeah, I, I don't think any of your gear or anything necessarily causes any kind of harm or anything. But you do manage to keep it at bay, at least a little bit. You start putting some distance between you, kind of throwing and then running and throwing and running. And the thing that's really hard to work out, the thing that you're struggling with, is it never seems to be where your perception thinks it is. And every time you think you're getting away from it, it, it's suddenly closer. And every time you throw something, you aim not where it is. And one of these long, blade-like legs catches you uh, straight through sort of like back of your stomach. Take the level three harm, pissed. Oh. And it's up to you whether you want to resist this, whether you want to spend armor on it or anything like that. I mean, I think I'll put, I would put some armor against it, because um, that's part of the the hope of the dress, that it has so many layers. Mm. 
and has um, like some significant backing. But I don't know mechanically how that works, but I don't think it would be enough to make this not happen. Just maybe a bit less. Yeah, so I think it would probably drop it two levels. So yeah, if you take off your armor, there's something about this which is quite nice in that you're probably doing the same thing to Lilium, in that I imagine a lot of the way your dress works is it kind of like obfuscates where Nia is. And I think instead of like piercing through your back, it just kind of slashes across like the side of your belly. So yeah, you you take the level one harm slashed. Okie dokes. That could have been worse, maybe? It could have been a lot worse, yeah. Yeah, the difference between like the harm levels is level one is like you get less effect. Level three is you need help. So this is much better. Um, But I think you managed to put some distance between you and it. I think maybe like that's where you throw the escapelet, not knowing what else you have to throw. And something in it, something in the spirit that is woven into it just seems to react with it and stops this thing from moving for a little bit. You don't know whether you did that or whether that's something that Ezra built into it, you're not entirely sure whether it's just an accident, but you managed to get some distance. Good. Okay, so Oaken. Hello. Yes. Uh, you stand in this ornamental pond. The is the thing you stabbed. Has it collapsed into the pond, or is it just still like stood upright and pierced by the ceiling? It's probably in chunks, right? Mm. Almost like shattered into pieces. Yeah. Oh yeah, that was the thing. It was like super hot. So it kind of got burnt. Mm. Yes, yeah. Cool. So like as well as standing in this ornamental pond, there's probably like loads of steam around you. Ooh, nice. Just very cool image. As like Oaken is just recovering. I think as you look around, you can obviously see and here, like, the re-emergence of the rest of Lilium. I think you can see that one of its long bodies is chasing after someone. Uh, you can't see who, but you can see it smashing through the different alcoves. And I think as you turn, you can see the main body of it has stopped that chase and is now turned and looking towards you. And it screams again in your direction. Um, I think the scream is so loud and so focused. Take the level one harm deafened. Ooh, okay. I, like, this isn't permanent deafened. It's just like, you are in the middle of its scream. You can't hear anything. It's going to, yeah. you know, it's, it's like having been at a loud gig. Cool. Well, it's at least it's finally taking me seriously. Uh-huh, yeah. Is, is it... Doing anything else, or do I have a moment? You have a moment if you want it. Like, it's up to you whether Oaken... Like, this thing is going to attack you. You get that sense. Like, it's going okay. to lunge in a second. It, but you are Oaken. You are a trained jackal. If you want to do something first, you can do something first. Maybe I could try and, like, get to high ground or lead it away from everyone else a little bit. Sure. Because I'm... Let me have a little look at the map here. Okay, I'm kind of out the way anyway, yeah. but maybe if I head more towards like that cave in the top left, or that tunnel in the top left. Yeah. 
obviously this is a 2D map, but feel free to imagine that there are like parapets and little mini ornamental towers and walls you can run along and stuff like that. Hell yeah. Do a little parkour. Yeah. Is it just Oaken just sprinting as this thing kind of lunges and chases after as well? Yeah. He's not he's not, he's not running away, because he would never do that, because mm. like he's too strong and brave and cool for that, but he is running. It's incredible that like Oaken presumably is soaking wet with steam rising from him from the incredible endeavor he just pulled off, like parkouring physically in human lengths across this garden. And we're all too busy getting murdered to see him look really cool. <laughs> That's the true tragedy of you all getting murdered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess like this could also be, because I imagine this can be a desperate role, like it's almost you could set this up as a skirmish as well of like this is an ongoing fight as you're leading it in a direction. Oh, that's quite cool. That's quite yeah. Okay, maybe I should do that. Just bits of abstracting, like aha, like I'm doing a couple of stabs and then I'm running away and jumping over this and now I'm doing some more and then yeah, and it all the time just trying to like catch you and bite you and slash you with these many many legs. Okay, should I uh, do a roll? Yeah, um, I can't remember what we said you had last time. So I think everything starts at desperate nothing against an envoy, but then you're a jackal, so that makes it limited, and you've got a fine ritual blade. So that makes it standard. Yeah, because you infused your weapon with remnant energy. So yeah, it's desperate standard, and any sort of pushes are going to take it above that. So you can harm this as you would a normal person in a minute, or you can do stuff against this as you would a normal person. Okay. Um, so last game, I yep. used Patron's favor to put a point in Prowl. Do yeah. I still have that? Because it's yeah. the same fight. Okay. Do you think I could use that then? Yeah, definitely. Ambush with close violence, Prowl about, and traverse obstacles. Yeah, I think the way we've described it, it could be either Prowl or Skirmish, so I'm happy for you to use either. Okay, I'll roll Prowl. Like, it's a bit of both, right? Yeah. And desperate? Yeah, desperate. Do you want any devil's bargains or anything like that? Do you want help from anyone? Or to push yourself? Not not for this. Okay, also, cool. I've, I have a lot of stress. I'm very stressed <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. So, um, the standard effect? Yeah. Oh, nice. yeah! Hell yeah! A six. Nice. So so what does this look like? Do you want to describe any more? I guess we've described it a little bit. I guess since it's a prowl and because you got a six, I can be a bit more daring. Yeah, go for it. Extravagant. Where maybe it's kind of it's this gigantic thing kind of weaving about trying to get me and I'm like dashing underneath it and doing a little stab. And flicking away, and then when it strikes again, I'm kind of dodging and doing another little stab kind of thing. Yeah. Like like a beautiful dance. But I imagine as you're doing this, you probably do manage to inflict some damage, but I think any damage to this seems almost, not hopeless, but you manage to maybe stab a couple of segments, and it just seems to just shed them off and keep coming each time. 
but I don't want to like take away from the fact that you've managed to lure this away towards these top caves. Um, because you're on a six, uh, I'm going to tick two segments of the next clock, which is... I'm not entirely sure how I've named this, but this is like the next stage of defeating Lilium. This could be you getting some sort of wound on it, or like actual damage, you tiring it. It could be you getting away from it, however you want to mm. treat this clock. But it's now two of eight. So yeah, you've managed to, to progress that. As you lead it, still screaming into the corner of this map where... I think there's another cave, and it doesn't seem like there are any of the Lilium's segments coming out of this cave at the minute. Okay. From where you are, you can kind of look down it, and it looks like it's, it looks like it should be a, a cave from the outside, but the inside looks like a long path with no walls either side, and it looks like almost a tail that you'd be running along. A tail? Yeah. But I think you know that that tail is different to Lilium's. Like, it's not a piece of Lilium that's trying to trick you. It's something else. It's just a weird fragment of the cut. Cool. Okay. Um. So Ezra and Ash, you managed to explode a, a piece of Lilium and landed in the rubble beside one of these cave entrances, like the main cave. I imagine it's just been a few moments where you catch your breath hunched behind a piece of rock or a piece of architecture. What are you doing now? Okay, like, I know this is serious, but that was really cool, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was really cool. Uh, awesome. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to go help Nia. Yeah, okay, fine. Um, well, hang on. <laughs> What's happening? Um, as far as I can tell, I have no idea. Um, big worm thing. Uh, I think it's chasing Oaken. Uh, Nia's, Nia's looking in a bad way. Um, I'm gonna go help some. Alright. But, but, bye. Um, yeah, that. <laughs> oh no, this tentacle's moving around the map. Oh, it's yeah, extending. I just wanted to remind you that <laughs> that is still between you and Nia, like the entire Ivar Topaz situation. Uh, yeah, fuck, fuck Ivar, I'm going to go help Nia. Um, ju just to explain yep. this, <laughs> Ash and Ezra and Nia are at opposite ends of this map. And just Ivar is just in the middle, be still being chased by this millipede. Good. I'm pretty sure Ivar can take care of himself. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna try and dodge past this thing as it's chasing Ivar. Just like do, do the sort of frantic dodging between legs as it's barreling okay. after him. And, I don't know, either climbing over it or rolling underneath it, depending on what's the most appropriate based on the scenery. Okay. So do you want to make a roll? It sounds like it's just probably like a risky standard. To see whether you can make it across without getting hurt. Are you rolling prowl? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the skill for this, really, isn't it? And that's a six. Cool. cool. Yeah, I think you make it across to the other side of the space. How does, how does Ash avoid attention? Um, by assuming that right now the attention is focused on other things and he's not an immediate threat. He's not trying to avoid attention, he's trying to move fast. Yeah, I think you come out somewhere near the entrance of the Winter's Lodge. I think the thing that's weird 
is as you got into this side of the lodge, it's much closer than you expected it to be. It's as if it's shifted a bit. And like geometry is shifting as you're moving towards when you think Neo is. But never like in front of your eyes. It's as if it's reconfiguring in a way that you can't quite understand. And I think you arrive sort of near the main entrance to the lodge where I think maybe Midrib and Foible and Rena are stood. And Midrib kind of gives you a nod and go, Ash, you all right? Yeah, yeah, let's let's go help Nia. And um, Ash just kind of gives Midrib a nod um, and starts running towards this big segment that's uh, that's attacking Nia. And Ezra, are you just left alone? Yeah, I think for like a minute or two, Ezra's just kind of stood by themselves because they just fell quite heavily off a high point and a lot of explosions happened very close to them recently. I think they're just a bit sort of mm. dazed. But I think after realising like, okay, now I'm by myself and everyone is in a lot of danger, they're probably going to go for Ivar purely off the back of he's closest. Yeah. It's just like, what's the closest problem to me that I can go and help with? Ivar, okay, here we go. And Ivar, where does Ezra find you? Are you still running? Are you fending this off with like gunshots? What What's the situation? Yeah, I think it's it's sort of reached the point now where Ivar has just stood like two pistols in hand, sort of taking pot shots at these things coming towards him. I love it. Yeah, that's good. I mean, you know. If I could have said fucking yeehawing at the same time, yeah. I would have, but um, I don't want to push it that far. Do it. Why not? Hooting and hollering. Yep. Yeah, I think, uh, Ezra, you kind of come in from the side of this. You can see that Ivar is just about holding this thing off, like from the front, but there's another segment of it is peeled off around the side and unfolding to attack it from a direction that Ivar hasn't quite noticed. What do you do? Fantastic. I was hoping I could kind of jog a, a bit of a longer way than Ash took around the thing coming at Ivar, just like behind walls and bushes and things, so it's not massively noticed me. If Ivar is stood on a high vantage point somewhere, just pop up from underneath him and kind of like, I guess like just shoot over his shoulder. <laughs> like, oh, here's Ezra with a gun. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, I like that. Something very uh, bad boys about this. That's kind of how I imagine our whole vibe oh all God, the time. Yes. Somewhere yes. between <laughs> bad boys and blues brothers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the blues boys. I'm on a mission from God to do this badly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think this can be risky standard. I think you're fighting a bit of Lilium that's like not. I kind of imagine when it creates the fractal versions of it, those bits get smaller and smaller almost. So like it very much becomes a bit like a tentacle where it's just getting thinner and narrower. So it's not like a segment is coming around this corner, but it's like a long arm is about to hit Ivar. So I think this is uh, risky standard, let's say. Can I argue for a skirmish because holder position is part of skirmish? Yeah, if that's when you want to roll. Yeah, that is what I want to roll very much. Right, risky standard, you say? Yep. That's a four. 
Um, so on a risky, on a four, you do it, but there's consequence. You suffer harm, a complication occurs, you have reduced effect, or you end up in a desperate position. Um, Just shoot Ivar by accident. <laughs> no, I think you, you definitely hit this thing. I think you, you keep this thing at bay, and what I kind of imagined was a bit like, do you know when you see like an octopus going to reach for something and it gets hurt and it moves the arm away sort of thing? Like it stops this vector of attack. Yeah, sure. I think you managed to shoot and stop this thing from hitting Ivar. I think there are two complications, though. I think the first is maybe that the shot almost distracts Ivar a little bit. And I think the main body of this thing manages to move forward a bit, uh, putting you both now in a desperate position. I think the second thing and this is maybe something that happened as you were moving towards this position. Or maybe as you're like lining up the shot, but in the distance, sort of at one of the far wings of the Winter's Lodge, stood beneath an alcove, you can see that there's a figure that you don't recognise just watching this entire thing going down. Don't like that. Mm-hmm. Not a fan of that. It's good they're probably on our side. Yeah, <laughs> you, you probably see them watch for for a moment, and then they start like looping round in the direction of Oaken. Ivar, this thing is bearing down on you. You you missed like a fraction of a shot or something like that, and now it's like halfway across this courtyard and nearly at you. What do you do? Hmm. Time to leave this garden, friends. Mm. Sucks here. Yeah, are you two saying anything to each other as you're... Didn't know you had a gun. Yeah, no, don't like it, but needs must. I think it might be time to get out of here, Ivar. This isn't going amazing. No, you're right. Time to go. I thought we'd have it on the ropes by now, you know, but... uh... Did you? Did you think that, Ivar? Look, think positively about something that's going to happen. It'll happen, right? Right. Grand, thank you. I I definitely see this as a a, a fighting retreat sort of thing. I am kind of imagining as like sort of back-to-back firing shots. Right, one of us is going to have to go get Oaken and tell him we're going. Dib's not it. Uh, I can send Topaz. (gasps) Yeah! Yeah, so I think it's a, a fighting retreat. Um, you know, like literally keep going backwards while still shooting and heading back towards Nia's position, I guess, and sending Topaz off to Yeah. Trying to do the fighting retreat first. Is do you want this to be like a team action or Yeah. So you both get to roll and then you nominate a leader. I'm the leader. It's Ivar. Okay. I guess it's going to be a desperate standard because you're not trying to hurt Lilium here. It's just a getting away from it. So that makes sense to me. And what do you want to roll? I think it's a skirmish. Just sort of like okay. as we're holding position but moving backwards, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Okay, so you both get to roll skirmish and then we'll see how it goes. 
anyone wants to push themselves or devil's bargains or anything they can, but uh, I think I'm gonna be okay for this one. Pew 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 pew. That's a six. That's another four. That's all right though. But still, you do it. So Ivar takes no stress for this. Um, oh, thank God! Yeah, describe this to me. What happens? I think it might be that we're staggering, moving backwards. Like one of us takes a few shots, moves backwards, whilst the other one carries on shooting, sort of thing. Yeah, I like that. Like one of us on a knee while the other gets to the next bit of cover. That makes sense to me. And I think you managed to work your way backwards to. Imagine towards the door and where Nia is and where Ash and Foible and everyone is. I think this thing is still coming, but I think you've managed to put some distance between you and it. I think there's almost a moment where it, it pauses for a second as if thinking on its next next plan of attack. Okay, um, should we go back to Nia? Sure! So yeah, I think this thing is still focused on you. The throwing the bracelet stopped it for a moment, but like now it's advancing again. Where are you? Where are you? Are you seeking shelter? Or are you just running? I think what's what, because um, I know this is a place of unconventional geometry. No? Architecture? Both? Sort of. Sort of. What kind of, what is the area that Nia and this fractal segment is in? Maybe you, like, run into a new miniature alcove garden and it's lots of trellis plants around the outside and the centre is fairly open with a kind of ornamental lawn. But, like, overlooking it on all four sides are a weird collection of, like, towers, almost. Like, little... Almost like miniature towers that are still like tall, but like you could fit one or two people who could go and sit at the top of them. It's almost like a miniature courtyard that it's replicating. Okay. I think if near if there's enough space to do a thing, like time, Nia wants to get up high. Sure. So I have to push yourself. That's fine. I I have three stress slots left. We're good. Yeah, I, I think you've got time to to get up. Are you are you flying? Yeah. Sure. Um. Yeah. I think maybe you're halfway up to you're heading to one of these towers. I guess so. Basically, Neo wants to have some like I I want to kind of have like some a space to think of a vantage point to like look around and see what can say do yeah okay um yeah i think you start floating up when this segment walks into the courtyard and it starts unhinging parts of itself to lash out at you i think this can be a role i think it's still risky because i think you managed to buy that time and space do you want to make a roll and see how that goes uh can i help with this I guess you could if you want to come in and help. I mean, I'm happy to have, like, because it sounds like this is going to be multiple stages, to have this one be slightly riskier and then have something where everyone, like, where more people turn up and things maybe go better. That sounds fun. Yeah, cool. Okay. Yeah, I'm happy with that. 
Okay. Uh, what would you like to roll? Um. Well, I guess I have, I take two stress to be able to fly. I guess it's probably finesse then. Maybe. Prowl is the running away one. Okay. Normally. Although it could be finesse for flying. Well, kind of what I was thinking. What I was thinking was flying and then doing a thing. I think if you did finesse, it would be limited rather than standard. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I guess you are actually pushing yourself as well. So you could take an extra dice or you could also just increase your effect to back to standard. I mean, if we're doing prowl, I'm going to take an extra dice. <laughs> I have I have zero dice in that. I mean, you can always, you can roll finesse and that's fine. It'll just be you're using your push yourself to make that a standard roll and you'd have two dice. Okay, then we'll do that. So that's a three, which is great. I, I assume that's perfect and everything is fine. I think you make it up to one of these towers. I think the, is minuet the right word? Minaret? That sounds like a word I have heard before. Yeah, I think it's like one of these ones with like, almost like a small pointed dome at the top, but there's like alcoves that you can get inside. And I think you land there and as you start to like pull yourself inside, you feel, you feel one of these things just hit the side of you that had already been slashed. And it wraps around your body and pulls you back. Um, you can resist this if you wanted to. Oh, this is going so well. How does resisting work? And what would happen if I didn't? Yeah, when you resist, you roll a number of dice equal to whatever kind of resistance it is. And then you automatically like get rid of the consequence, but you take stress. Ah, good. With the one stress I have left. But you might take zero. There's a possibility if you roll a six that you take zero stress. I guess what you're risking is you'd be rolling probably prowess. Yeah. So you'd be rolling two dice and taking the highest from six and taking that much stress. If you took enough stress to fill your stress bar, you're out of the scene, basically. So it probably means that this thing doesn't hit you and you manage to like cower in the tower. And that's just near out of the scene for now, which is also like not the worst thing to happen. But you would take a trauma long term. And what happens if I do nothing? Um, you're in a desperate position as this thing pulls itself towards you where, where this, I imagine the center of it is opening up. And I have enough load to take that heavy armor, but I'm not currently being injured? Or am I being very injured? Uh, no, you're not being injured at the minute, no. Like, I don't think filling your stress would be the worst thing. It just depends whether you want to stay active in this scene or not. I might just let this one happen. And then I think that sets up for Ash coming to help, because it's going to need a lot of help. Okay, that makes sense. To be clear, the desperate position is it's going to eat you. Yes, I am aware. Yes. <laughs> That's, I, yep. So yeah, I think it pulls you towards it. And I think as it almost opens up a bit like the aperture of a camera, like hexagons kind of unfolding on itself. And inside is not like a black void or a mouth or anything, but you can see other pieces of the cut. And it's moving you to just kind of shove you inside there. Great. 
This is what you Great. come in, Ash, I imagine. You and Foible and everyone. Sup. Please help. <laughs> I'd like to say that Ezra and Ivar are probably closing in on this as well. But like, let's see what Ash gets to do first. Okay. Um, just do the stupid thing and just run straight in there and try and knock knock some out of uh, its grasp. <laughs> Remember, you've got like Foible and everyone if you want to use that cohort as well. Um, yeah. Can, can I get them to be sort of attacking it from from one side while I run in from the other? Yeah, I think that makes sense. You've got there's like four of you. Like there's Foible, there's Renner, there's Midrib, and there's you. Like I imagine this could just be you could use this as a group action. Sounds good to me. Hmm. Um, what is jump into the arms of a monster and knock a friend out of it? What kind of role would I do for that? Are you using like your body? Are you using like your grappling hook to get its arm? Um, probably doing something rad like uh, grappling onto one of its arms and swinging around in front of it, like using m- my momentum to swing around its body. <laughs> cool. um, and then just like flying through the air grabbing onto near midair and just hoping that my weight is enough to um, pull us out of its grasp momentarily okay um i feel like this is maybe a two two steps of actions like one is getting onto it and then the other one is doing something about near okay let's i think probably prowl to get onto it because it's climbing it's running it's doing ash stuff right yeah okay here we go um remember your cohorts i, I think it counts as a Group action, so we'll just count the last action, last dice as first. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, risky, desperate? Uh, desperate. Um, desperate. Yeah, oh, desperate yeah. standard because you're just trying to get onto it. Let's go. Bonus dice one. Yep. Holy shit. Fuck. That's three sixes. Wow. What, what's, what, what's a double crit do? What? Wow. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Nice to see the cohort being a good lot of use there, actually. Yeah, yeah, six, 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 two. Yeah, the, the cohort just gives you a stress. Oh shit, they do, don't they? Yeah, you gain a stress for the cohort, but I feel like that's a good trade-off. I'm actually having to dodge them as well. Yeah, I kind of imagine it like if you're the person trying to get onto this segment, they're probably the ones going in first, right, and being the distraction. So that those are the ones taking or like narrowly avoiding the blows and. And running around its legs and throwing bits of grappling hook at it and just trying to keep it occupied. And probably only very narrowly avoiding its attacks as then you come running in. And what does this look like? Um, so Ash just sort of weaves in and out of the legs, chucks a grapple up to hook around one of its its higher legs and basically just uses the momentum from the rope to swing to arc around its body and just barrels straight into Nia. Mm. Um, yeah. I And I don't know whether it's just luck. Or I don't know whether it's because Ash has spent so much time in the cut and so much time studying that piece of bismuth that he found. But you just seem to have an uncanny ability to know where this thing is in a way that other people seem to struggle with. And like maybe this is where the stress comes from, is... Everyone else is finding it difficult to actually know where its legs are. Every time they go to hit, they miss. Every time, you know, and and then something will just appear and like nearly slash them in a way that they thought they dodged. Whereas Ash just seems to intuit where this thing actually is. And I think on a critical, yeah, you get this. You you manage to grab Nia and pulse them out of its arms. And you go tumbling 
to the floor underneath it as Ezra and Ivar show up. Uh, hi. Not even going to ask. Right. We are getting out of here immediately, so up you come, near. Just kind of like heft near up from the ground, pats him down. This thing is still here and active. I think it it's just kind of like takes a moment to flex. What is Ivar doing? Um, well, li- li- I assume still shooting and <laughs> walking backwards. Like, I don't feel like that's stopping anytime soon unless it's it's halted its steady march towards us. Um, but otherwise, I think it was going to be sending sending Topaz off to fetch Oaken. Cool. Yeah. I guess the challenge here is, like, you're, you've now got frets on both sides of you. Uh, how do I do everything at once? <laughs> hmm. Like, well, there's, there's four of you, right? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, is Ivar, like, focusing on one of these things, the main body of it, while the other people hopefully deal with? Yeah, I mean, I feel like that's been his main focus all this time. I'm sure whatever else is happening, everyone else can deal with. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's definitely that, and then a sort of like um, calling up Topaz to go and fetch Oak and sort of thing. Not sure if I can get like a, I can keep this at bay sort of thing from my last roll so I can get Topaz off. Yeah, I think, yeah, you have that moment. Is that what you do in that moment? Yeah, sure. So I think that's going to be just like a risky controlled roll for now, because I don't think Topaz is threatened by this thing. Because I don't think it's Topaz that's at threat here. It's more like, how long is this going to take? And like, do you put yourself in harm's way trying to to organize this? Yeah. I'm trying to think whether this is an, a tune or a command. It's probably more of a command, I feel. Every roller session. Another six, Hell baby. Yeah. Another six. Okay, uh, yeah, you send Topaz off. And uh, we'll, we'll get back to that in a minute, but... Essentially, Topaz is going to find Oaken. Cool. I think at the same time, uh, the thing you see, Ivar, as you're fighting this thing off, is it begins to split into more segments. It just... These are smaller than the one that is attacking Nia, but it, I feel like it breaks all at once in the same way that a murmuration of birds breaks apart. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's pulling them off one by one. It's as if... There's one long body, and then all of a sudden, there are many. And they are advancing towards you all. I haven't got enough bullets to keep all this at bay. If you've got any ideas, now's the time. When Nia looked into the mouth, it was... So you could just see, like, other bits of the cut. Is that still the case? Are there, like, fragments of other parts of the cut in places on this thing? I imagine so, yeah. I'm just wondering if there's any way that Ash can see that we could somehow use it as a, use the creature itself as like a gate. We're going to get eaten on purpose. Yeah. Perfect. Love that. Beautiful. Works for me. Yeah, the risk is where you end up. Don't care. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Not here. <laughs> yeah, the, if it's not here, that's fine. Wait, hold on. Am I getting sign off on this from Ezra? <laughs> or is that Thren? Under the circumstances. I mean, the risk is where you end up is exactly where Lilium wants you to end up, because it will have oh. control of this. I mean, our other option seems to be stay here and die, so... 
Hey, there's lots of different exits. I, I, I think going through the thing's mouth is interesting, though. It's just, I would advise you to find some way to control that. No, can't, can't think of anything. <laughs> if only ha- someone had a strange business map. I, I, I've never known the map to have any control over stuff. Can I can I have a glance at it and see if where we are now is showing up and there's anything weird that I can see? Do, do we want to think about that while we cut to Oaken? Yeah, I was going to say, what if we had somebody who had a device within them that had control over the cut itself? Yeah, if, if only. Oh, that would be really mm. useful if only Oaken was not the other side of the map. <laughs> Just mm. getting barked at by a frantic topaz. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, Oaken, you are at the other end of these gardens. Where, where are you at the minute? How are you fighting this thing off? Are you, like, in a tower fighting it? Are you somewhere else? What was the scene as you're just dealing with this envoy? Um, I think I'm all over the place, but maybe I'm getting a bit tired and retreating to high ground. Does, yeah. does this place have uh, stalagmites? Um, if you want it to. We do. Because I think they're cool. Like I, I think they didn't before, but I think they literally form as you are like. Oh, I want the stalagmite. Maybe it's like Oaken subconsciously creating those towers of shells from writing relic. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, but they're all sort of like made out of the same weird, like veiny rock that the Winter's Lodge is made yeah. out of. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm up on my veiny rock tower. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. I think Lilium curls around the bottom oh. of it. As I'm imagining this is like you stabbing down at it as it kind of tries to get closer and closer to you, right? Yeah, that's good. That's a good like point of tension with it slowly mm. coming up. Yeah. And I think it's been this way for a little bit. And I think the thing it does, it's almost baiting you. It's pretending to be trying to get closer to you, and then all of a sudden its body squeezes, <gasps> and it just shatters the entire tower underneath you. What does Oaken do? Falls, probably. <laughs> I mean, he can maybe jump as well if he wanted to. Is there another one he can jump to, or is this a scene where we see him fall? Is this him too tired to make that jump? Yeah, I think it'd be not- he's, he's had some good roles, and I don't like it mm. when Oaken has too much of a good time. <laughs> personally so i think now he's he's tired he's been doing a load of golf stuff it makes sense that he just falls with it that takes him by surprise yeah okay um yeah i think you fall towards it and i think lilium twists as you're falling showing all of their legs upwards and they become like slicing blades oh. as you fall towards them what does Oaken do Hmm. So the creature knows who's got the goal. Yeah, I don't think anyone else does, but the creature knows he's got the goal or it's somewhere nearby. Right, so it can't be like, oh, it can't kill me or you'll damage the goal kind of thing. Hmm. That's interesting. Like, if you want to set that up, I'm happy for you to. Like, like maybe there's a degree of knowing that it's not going to just recklessly attack you is nice here. Yeah, I think... Like, yeah... What I'm thinking is Oaken does something with the goal as a kind of like snap decision. Maybe it'll work, maybe it'll won't. Mm. So yeah, maybe it's just like, this could be a really, really stupid thing to do. Maybe he uh, brings the goal out into his arm a bit. 
and holds the armor. Like almost making like a piece of rock or something, or like yeah, cool. Yeah, um, I think it might definitely be a desperate role. Yes. Um, what I think it's like desperate standard. What would you like to roll here? Oh, that's a tough one. I could see it being a command if you wanted it to be in like a. You're almost commanding it to not attack you. Yeah, I think it, maybe it's a, a very, it's more of a plea than a command, but that's probably the closest thing. Yeah, but I guess it also just takes some guts to do yeah. it, right? <laughs> like, takes a lot yeah. of guts and not much brain. Do you want to push yourself or take a devil's bargain? What What would the bargain be? Um, the person that Fryn saw is getting closer to you and also sees that you have the goal. Oh, that sounds really bad. So you're going to take it, right? Yeah, go on then. Yes. That sounds like it will have terrible consequences. So yeah, okay. Here we go. That's pretty good. Uh, that's a oh, five. Yeah. yeah. So on a desperate, uh, you do it, but there's a consequence. You suffer severe harm. A serious complication occurs. You have reduced effect. I think as you... Does it just sort of like move along the honey of the arm? Yeah. I think it kind of like goes from inside his body into the arm and maybe into the hand. Yeah. Um, I think as you do that, you see that these legs that are like slicing in front of you just peel back. It's like the opposite of dodging. It's like the Lilium is trying their best not to hit you. As you fall. And I think you land on the belly of Lililium. On your feet, I imagine, because like that's Oaken, right? Oaken always yeah. lands on his feet. But like as you land and breathe a sigh of relief, I think one of these legs just sort of like scissors you and, and just like hits you in the front. Ooh. Um I think you take severe harm. Cool, that's fine. <laughs> Let's give it the level three harm pinned. It's going to try and pierce you through your body and just hold you in place. Okay. Do you want to resist that? Uh, <laughs> or use any armor? If I think you've used your normal armor. Bite its leg off. Bite its leg off. Oh my god, I can bite its leg off. <laughs> That's so good. Mm. It's ten foot tall legs and you're just gnawing away at it. Can I do that? Yeah, I think that would be a resistance roll. Okay, I'm going to do that. I don't actually know how much dress you've got. I, I have six. Ooh. <laughs> a risky, risky one then. Yeah. Um, so to make a resistance roll, you choose one of the three types of resistance. This sounds like prowess for fighting. Yeah. Okay. And then you take the highest dice away from six. Five. No. Ah, six. When you roll a crit, you clear one stress. So you actually get less stressed from yes! chewing on yes! this thing? Oh, nice. <laughs> Is it this like when you give a dog a chew toy to calm it down? <laughs> it's just like, oh, I feel a bit better now. <laughs> oh, thank you, Ezra, for the mask. It's also, you're a jackal. You're used to, like, eating bits of Envoy and Remnant, right? Yeah. I'm trying to work out how this reduces it, because you've already got two level one harms. I think this maybe makes it a level two, but I'll give you something else as bonus as well. So I think this thing comes through to pin you and you just 
do you just take a big bite out of it or is it more of like a rat chewing at something oh it's definitely how we have like when you play tug of war with the dog and it shakes mm. its head from side to side yeah it's that okay and then there's like a big crunch as you split it i'm trying to work out the word to describe this harm because i think the thing is you've still got a bit of it stuck into your shoulder maybe so it's yeah like like shrapnel yeah i think it's that like you can't necessarily move as well as you did so when you try to do stuff with i imagine whichever your spare arm is or like your main human spare arm you're gonna take minus one dice but you do have two more arms at least that's true um but yeah i think what you get is do you eat this thing do you literally swallow a piece of this whether intentionally or not yeah cool you get like a glimpse of lilium i imagine what would you like to know about it Ooh. and i can start with some information if you'd like to spur some questions but if you've got questions just ask i don't have one in mind Okay. I think the thing you get to start with is you get a sense of, I imagine it's like snippets of memories. You're not necessarily seeing these as visions, but you're seeing like as if you've taken fractions of memories and you can kind of recall them for a moment in the same way that you can recall your own memories. The first thing you see is you probably see a bit of Alamaya, the city that came before Embrace, and you see a fragment of its creation as one of Kadroya's envoys, as it was created to, I imagine, to some degree, manage the cut. I don't think it's the only envoy responsible for it, but I think it's it's a creator of tunnels. And you see it born anew and infused with purpose. You see it as in the time following the Gaul's betrayal of Rodella and Kadroya and their slaying, by Karnim Daker, you see it as it hides, scared and powerless in these tunnels, for the first time without any connection to something bigger than it. And you see it over the years as it rebuilds itself, as it finds new purpose in a sense of wanting to restore Kadroya. I think maybe it finds fragments of Kadroya, or fragments of things in the cut that remind it of Kadroya, and it begins to sense that there's at least bits of it still alive, and that this is something that it can achieve. And I think you see it, particularly over the last few hundred years, both gathering forces, but also the setbacks that it faces um, as it fights against pieces of Mel and pieces of Karnim Daker and his like ghostly jackals. And then you see it here, forced into action that it wasn't quite sure that it was ready for. You see it here attacking the Winter's Lodge and throwing all of its strength and might into this one purpose and hoping that it's enough. Wow. I feel really sorry for it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, nice to meet someone as old as me. Yeah, and as desperate as you. Yeah. I am going to give you, like, another two ticks on this clock to having, you know... Found a chink in Lilium's armor or getting away from it, whichever you want to use it for when it ticks over. What? Can't we be friends? <laughs> I mean, you could try that. Is that not an option? I think the thing that is important here 
that you get a sense of is what it would use the goal for, oh. which is it would use it to restore Kadroya or something like it and create a, a version of Embrace that has a remnant. I mean, that's not a bad thing in itself. Like, n- not necessarily. Like, whether Oaken thinks that's a bad thing is a different yeah. question. But, like, remnants aren't necessarily bad things. But, like, the people of Embrace sort of view them as potentially. Yeah, I guess the people of Embrace, like, the most recent stories of envoys and all of this have been battles. Yeah. And very negative things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's like, it's not that the people of Embrace hate remnants. It's more that they've seen what happens when one of them goes wrong from up close. Like, they know the danger of them. I mean, I guess Lone and Embrace currently has seen that, right? That was a really long time ago. But I do imagine there's like quite a fierce pride in Embrace not having a remnant and not Mm. needing one. Yeah. And there's probably a constant sense from like the shepherds who Ivar and Rian used to be a part of, of envoys are always trying to sneak into Embrace to stop our way of life almost. The influence from remnants and envoys nearby is still a present thing. And I imagine even if that's not felt by most people, it's still probably something that has a lot of propaganda around it or belief around it. But yeah, this is not necessarily a bad thing. Like this is one of the things you could just give it the goal and be like, okay, go ahead. I I would love to do that. But I don't think Oakham would. I don't think he's there yet. Yeah. Especially because this is an envoy that is rogue. And he's had his own experiences with that. Yeah. I guess the other thing you maybe see, just giving like the opposite of like how you could help it, you probably get a sense of its full form. It's stretching back into the caves. And I think its normal form isn't quite like a millipede but it's more like the spreading of water, filling multiple tunnels with a body at the centre of it. And you were looking last time for like the head of this thing. Mm. And this is almost like a knot at the centre of it. Like if you wanted to just stop Lilium, that's where you'd go. I guess as Oaken, you get the sense you could probably just throw your spear to find that thing. Oh God. I think... I think it is quite funny that Oaken keeps on being very like, I'm going to kill this thing, I'm going to destroy it, and then he eats a bit of it and suddenly feels bad and conflicted. Yeah. Because um, he can't he can't generate the empathy himself, but eating it is a heavy dose of that. Yeah, I think it just puts him in this really interesting position of like, he could help it, he could hurt it, he could just walk away and leave it to be. So has he got the message from Topaz of everyone else leaving? Yeah, I think this is maybe the moment where Topaz turns up as you're like stood processing this. And I think Lilium almost has stopped a little bit as it is trying to work out what you just did. What noise does Topaz make, Ryan? Annoyingly, I don't know if this is counteracted by Oaken's deafening, but like, you know how bats obviously do their sonar. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, I mean... uh, (laughs) It's it's like that. It's, you know, high-pitched squeaking. <laughs> is this a fortune roll, then? Is this, do we oh, see whether oh. Oaken actually hears this? I mean, sees. Like, Oaken has to see Topaz, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think I've, I've pretty much decided Oaken is going to leave. Mm. But maybe this is, does he leave with everyone else or not? Yeah. 
like does he just run into the tunnel or does he try and loop up yeah and it just probably changes where you end up as you get out of it as well yeah uh fortune yeah i guess it's on the cruise tier so you just roll one dice that is a three that's a nope okay um yeah you don't hear topaz or see topaz um, you do have this opportunity to escape, though. So if that's what Oaken is doing, there is a cave right near you. Like, that's your closest way out. Yeah. Once again, running away from his feelings. <laughs> yeah. Okay. For everyone else, I think the situation as it is, is you stand in the garden. This this segment of Lilium is still there and a danger. I think Ivar is fighting off the body that is shot out of the millipede and is chasing you. What are you doing? Is this the point where you just break and run? This feels very much like a break and run moment. Can I, like, looking into this thing and seeing all these sort of fragmented sections of the cut, I think that would be kind of hypnotic for Ash. Yeah. And I think he'd get distracted and just sort of, even if it's just for a moment, just gaze into this thing and... Can I try and do a study? Yeah, that makes sense. I think this is interesting because it feels like... I was like, do we want to have someone else roll to set up first? But I think it's more interesting for Ash to get caught by this thing if you roll badly and Ezra to protect you or something. <laughs> you like Ezra just yeeting you out of the way. Yep, yep, here we go. Exactly. Yep. Uh, I would like to... Yeah, study roll. So I have nothing in study. Um, do I want to push myself? What does a devil's bargain look like? Um, what what do you want from this? I want to, I guess, understand Lilium's relationship with the cut, okay. and also like see if Ash can figure out a way of using this to escape. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm just like looking at the list of the common devil's bargains, and the one that like stands out here is probably that you take some harm. Like, I think you'd take the level one harm mesmerized. Oh, okay. As you're just staring at these shifting possibilities in front of you. Yeah, if it's that, I'll take that. That sounds fun. Yeah. Um, um, is this desperate? Uh, let, let's just make it risky. Oh, okay. Unless you want it to be desperate. I'm fine with desperate. I mean, this thing was trying to eat us a second ago. Yeah, Let's paint this. This is still an active fight. It's probably like stomping around this area, trying to like catch you while the rest of your crew are kind of like dodging and weaving in and out of it. So let's make this desperate. Um, standard? Yeah. Hey, that's a one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's the worst outcome. You suffer severe harm. A serious complication occurs. You lose this opportunity for action. Oh, good. Good. Right. Let me just... Prepare my bones to be crushed. Yeah. Ezra, you see Ash start to just walk towards this thing. God. Ash, what are you... Ash? Ash, no, what are you... What are you doing? Ash, you're pretty sure that you can get out of this thing by going... By diving into it. You're, you're convinced. And everyone else is just trying to hold you back. I've got it. No, 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 let's go. We can... We can... If we get it right, if we go and... Up, yeah. Uh, no. Um, yeah. No, we, we we can we can we can definitely do this. I think Ezra, you just noticed something in Ash's eyes. 
Yeah, no, is this this doesn't sound like a rational plan. <laughs> Am I going to tackle a child to the floor? Uh, you've done it before, it's Belka. So yeah, let's make it two for two. <laughs> no, it wasn't tackle, it was the opposite. The child tackle landed on you, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Let's go the other way around. I think Ash is wily enough he could slip away from people trying to hold him back and just be kind of power walking into this thing's mouth so Ezra is going to launch himself at him to take him to the floor. What's the consequence? Just eaten. Yeah, I think so. I think the serious complication is... I think you'd probably get another roll before it happened, is you're just totally entranced by this thing and you're convinced that you can get in. I think you can see... Like, maybe this... What can you see? through it what which part of the cup or something like it i think there's a whole load of different fragments like in each in each different section i can see a different part of the cut and some of them are really familiar some of them i know like the back of my hand but other parts are unfamiliar and very hostile looking but i don't really notice those because you know that's the the, the, the cave i i jumped through when i was racing uh midrib this one time across the city and used it as a shortcut and cut two whole blocks off my route Okay. So when you protect someone, you suffer the consequence instead of them, and you may roll to resist it as normal. So I don't think this is Ezra going to dive into this thing. I think it'll just be you will take a desperate consequence in Ash's place, which will probably be harm, I assume. Yep. Cool. Yep. Cool. So how does this look? Is just Ezra running full on to tackle Ash? Yeah, probably. So yeah, I think you you knock Ash down, and as you do, this segment just kind of reacts in a kind of fury, making that that weird cacophonic noise, and two of its legs pincer down towards you, Ezra. And I think you're going to take the level three harm, spirit ruptured, as this kind of just pierces through that cloud of spirit that's near you. Uh huh. Cool. Do you want to resist? probably should I have armour but I don't know if it would resist a spirit based situation particularly well resist is maybe the better way I'm going to try and resist yeah I think probably through a resolve okay if it's a a spirit based wound yeah that makes sense that's five okay so you take one stress okay and it, so it should knock it down two levels. You've still got two level one harms. I think what I'm mm-hmm. going to do in this case is I'm going to... Do you know that vibrant effect you have? Mm-hmm. How does that change? How does that intensify? Oh, that's interesting. So when it happened before, you said Ezra's spirit got kind of bismuthy. Yeah. So I'm imagining like the smoke curling out of them in like cubic spirals. Mm. rather than regular smoke. But I wonder if it it maybe takes on some of the colour of the cut as well. And I think like I was kind of imagining it previously as that seasickness that they feel down here getting worse. Yeah. And I wonder if it's maybe now like... I don't want to be like, oh, if you, if you punched the cut, it would hurt them. But like the things that are happening down here are affecting them as well. Almost like connected. Yeah, like, connected a little bit to Lilium. Cool. Yeah, so if you create the level 2 harm connected. Neat. And erase Vibrant in its place. Maybe call it Vibrant Connection, if we want to 
keep that link. Cool. I feel fine. This is yeah. fine. How do you avoid the attack? Is it just like you manage to roll out the way or something else? Yeah, I think it's uh, the force with which I launched myself at Ash. It, it takes him to the ground and then we roll quite a way away. Okay. Is this when you run? Yep. Yeah, it seems pretty sensible. <laughs> just kind of hit the ground with Ezra on top of me. Like, still a little bit dazed, but kind of snap out of it and go, um, maybe we should just run. Yeah, no, that would be grand. Let's, yeah. Yeah, so it kind of struggles to their feet. Mm. I think um, Rena from atop one of these towers, where she's kind of ended up, just just shouts something to her, like, I think Oaken's run the other way. He looks like he's clear. Of course he has. Okay, well, as long as he's safe, we should we we can go. Yeah, we don't need we don't need to go save him. I think we gotta focus on saving ourselves. You're Ash. Let's go. Uh huh. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Is this like a a, a group scarper roll or something? Yeah, it feels like a group prowl, right? It feels like it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, follow me. And okay. I'll I'll lead it. Okay. So everyone gets to roll. Do you want to add an extra dice for the cohort as well, Ash? Uh, yeah, sure. And it's potentially more stress, but... That's fine. Cool. Uh, let's make this a risky standard. And yeah, if you want any devil's bargains or to push yourself or anything, we can do that. No, I think I think we're, we're very much in a place of get out rather than resolve this in any positive way. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I got a five. I'm hoping somebody else gets a six. I got a one. <laughs> oh Ryan dear. got a one. I got a one. <laughs> uh, Nia? Lowest result. Got a so. four. It's a six and a four, but we're taking the four. Yeah. Well, you don't give me any stress, so... No, just two stress in total. Two stress total and... A mixed uh, result. A five. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so on a five, you do it, but there's a consequence. You suffer harm. A complication occurs. You have reduced effect or end up in a desperate position. Um, where are you aiming to come out of the cut, Ash? I, I don't think he's aiming for anywhere. I think he's just looking for the first thing that looks like an exit. Yeah. Maybe the first thing that looks like a familiar exit. Yeah. I think you see it. I think you see a streak of, maybe it's like a streak of crimson clay path that you know is one of the keys that leads to I imagine one of your favourite doors into the cut, because it leads out onto the top of Skull Top. It leads out onto Rodella's skull. And I think you manage to lead everyone there. I think after a while it feels like Lilium maybe stops following you, and you probably continue at a jog just to be safe, but you find your way to this exit. And you one by one, burst out. It's morning. It's still dark. You get the sense that it might be dawn soon, but now you just stand in the cold, moonlit air. And I think the thing that you can see, the consequence here, is a banner hanging from the outside of governmental building. And instead of the usual symbol of embrace, the dawn sun with a salamander frill around the outside, formed out of labyrinthine lines. There is a different banner, cast in crimson, 
a spare of light piercing through a circular design of coral. It's the banner of the house Nimshif. In the time that you've been gone, they have seized control of Embrace. Fuckers. Ah, shit. But I mean, that could have gone worse, right? All in all, I think I think that went fairly well. Right? Ezra? So, Oaken, you are running through this tunnel. I think as you run, it seems to shift beneath you. Your first few steps, you run along this big, bulky tail covered in... I think it's like a bright, almost... In the same way that your spear glows, this tail glows. And I think to start with, Lilium doesn't follow you, but I think as you as you continue, Lilium maybe follows at a distance. They're an envoy of a remnant of like destiny and path. Without Kadroya, I think Lilium is almost a little unsure. And I think the image we get is Oaken just running through the space. And the terrain shifting around him. I think the first thing that happens is as you run, the Winter's Lodge continues to take form around the outsides of this tail. Instead of it just being a void around it, there's now like buildings and rooms and corridors. I think the second thing that happens is the tail itself begins to shift in form. Suddenly you're running on colossal bone. And as you're running towards the tip of this tail, it almost begins to take form around you, changing from bone to sand and beach. You can hear the beating of roiling waves. You can hear maybe the crow of a seagull. You start to smell the river trill. And yet still, as you run, the lodge is forming around you. Do you follow the tail to its tip? Oh, fuck. Yeah. Okay. I think maybe we see this from the skull top, where Ezra, Ash, Nia, Ivar, and the rest of the jubilant stand. You look back, I guess, upstream to Tail's End, the very tip of it, where it curls back around on itself. As suddenly an entire building colossal in size, bigger than anything else in the city, tears through the cut. As Winter's Lodge forms itself at the very tip of Tail's End. As this colossal shard of architecture bursts into the reality of the world, the dawn comes. And unlike Every dawn in Embrace since Kadroya and Rodella were killed. This one does not glitch. It does not break in unusual ways. It forms perfect. Golden rays shine down across the city. And I think some of those rays fall on the Winter's Lodge where Oaken stands and illuminates it in the bright dawn. On the other end of the city, and this is building on the complication you rolled, 
on the bridge that connects the Crown's Eight with the main body of Embrace, a parade marches. At its head is Valor Nim Schiff. The whole column of them are marching towards Marrow and the main temple there. This is the day that Valor is going to be named as the Regent of Embrace. And as they walk across that grand bridge, this new resplendent dawn shines down on them. And people watching in the streets whisper that it must be true. That Nimshif is dawn blessed. 